Science and Technology Time with Mark Zastro, science journalist. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. And we've got a bit of an environment special today, I suppose we could say, including air pollution, which we're going to come to at the end. It's particularly bad today, but it's not just about today. That's, That's right. part of the problem. Um, but we begin with coral reefs. Last week, Australian scientists reported that vast swathes of the Great Barrier Reef died in 2016 and that was because of the warming of this planet's oceans. That's right. This report is the latest sign of trouble for the Great Barrier Reef, which you know, is, of course, one of the great natural wonders of the world. It stretches for 2,300 kilometers up and down Australia's northeastern coast off of Queensland. And these aerial surveys, which were conducted late last year, uh, revealed vast amounts of damage, mainly in the northern 800 kilometers or so. Uh, so in some areas, over two-thirds of the reef is dead or dying. And this is the second year in a row that there has been extensive, extensive bleaching. And this is happening, as you say, because climate change is warming the Earth's oceans. Coral is extremely sensitive to changes in temperature. Just a, a degree or two uh, Celsius in one direction can be the difference between a thriving reef and a dead reef. So, you know, we knew that these kinds of effects would be coming with global warming, but scientists say that it's happening much faster than they expected. Uh, the team's leader, Terry Hughes from James Cook University in Queensland, told the New York Times that they hadn't expected to see this level of destruction for another 30 years. Now, not only do we have the spectre of rising temperatures, but we also have had a strong El Nino event last year, warming the Pacific. How much of a role do these natural events play versus what humans have done? Very good question. So uh, worldwide, what humans have done is warm the oceans by about one degree Celsius since the Industrial Revolution, and it's a bit more in the tropics. So that one degree Celsius, that's already enough to threaten a lot of reefs. Uh, and then, yes, last year's El Nino definitely exacerbated this. Uh, some areas of the reef saw the temperature peak at one or two degrees Celsius more than normal. Uh, so the, the worrying thing is, is not just the intensity of these events, but also how frequently they occur. And unfortunately, humans have raised the baseline temperature so much that it only takes a relatively small El Nino to create an extreme heat event. So we can expect that these uh, you know, very hot El Nino events are going to be happening a lot more often. And for that, you can basically entirely blame us, us humans. Uh, and that's devastating to the reef because it means that coral that is bleached uh, won't get a chance to recover. Uh, and it's likely that much of what is being reported as having died off or, or uh, being bleached in last year's El Nino is not going to come back. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe some people would still debate this issue um, of how far humans are responsible for what's happening with the coral reefs. I think you've already made a good case, though, for us to question our own behavior. But the reason I even mentioned that is because our next story, it's unquestionably down to human involvement. Uh, in Indonesia, the nation's been outraged after a UK ship ran aground on a pristine coral reef and damaged it irreparably. That's right. And this was in the Raja Ampet archipelago in Indonesia, which is widely considered to be you know, one of the best dive spots in the world, thanks to its pristine coral reefs. It shows up on a lot of top 10 travel lists of beaches, not just in Asia, but around the world. 
But unfortunately, uh, at low tide on March 4th, a 4,300-ton cruise ship ran aground on the reef. And local authorities say that thousands of square meters of the reef have been damaged. And in underwater footage that was taken after the incident, you can see that huge chunks of the reef are indeed shattered. And they're just lying on the seafloor in fragments. It almost looks like broken concrete. And that is certainly damage that the coral can't recover from. You have to grow a whole new reef at that point, and that can take hundreds of years. So the operator of the ship, which is a British company called Noble Caledonia, apologized for the accident, but it has not yet explained why the ship ran aground in the first place. Yeah, not much comfort, is it, to say it's going to take hundreds of years to uh, repair? Um, and so local communities, they're going to be quite sorely affected? That's right. Many communities along this reef and, and many other reefs you know, depend on it for their livelihood. So local authorities uh, have been just livid about this and say that they consider this to be a criminal act and they may press charges. Uh, social media in Indonesia has also lit up criticizing the cruise ship company. Uh, there's even an online petition calling on the company to fund a reef restoration effort. And locals say that they are worried uh, because fish have already deserted the damaged areas of the reef, and so diving guides are already avoiding taking tourists there as well. So accidents like this, you know, any threat to uh, to any reef is also a threat to the livelihood of the communities that depends on, that depend on them, both in Indonesia and Australia and around the world. Yeah, you talked before though about the uh, the, the less obvious problem, uh, but perhaps more profound. Uh, of uh, the seawater temperature rising. Uh, the air temperature is also a problem. And we're linking that this morning with air pollution. That's right. Um, you know, for many years now, we've been following the air pollution in the winter in Beijing, right? And it, it seems to just be getting worse and worse uh, every year. The wintertime uh, s- pollution events uh, keep recurring. And a new study just published early this morning now is bringing global warming into the picture. So not just about pollution, but according to the study, also global warming uh, is, is making it worse by creating the weather conditions that keep pollution in the area. So these are those, you know, winter haze events that happen when the northerly winds die out and the air just gets stagnant. Uh, there's no wind to blow away the pollution and so it just sits around Beijing, including that you know harmful fine particulate matter or PM. So what this team did was ask, is there a link between global warming and these kinds of weather conditions? And they found out that there is. And in fact, these kinds of conditions have gotten about 10% more frequent during the past 33 years than they were in the preceding 33 years. Uh, but the even more worrying news is that based on models of global warming. They predict that days with this kind of stagnant air are going to become 50% more common in the, later, uh, in the latter half of this century. And they're also going to stick around longer. So these really bad events, you know, that last, uh, you know, over four days, sometimes a week, uh, they seem to happen, you know, once every winter now, but they will become 80% more common in the future. So if you think about China's strategy to combat these events, it it really complicates things because it may not be enough to just shut down coal plants and make houses more efficient to heat, you know, which is a challenge already. Uh, But global warming could wipe out these gains. It's not just a local problem anymore. You have to look at at fighting global warming and understanding how it affects uh, the weather in the area, which which is not an easy problem. 
Yeah, of course, uh, Chinese pollution affects us too. Uh, we create enough of our own, and then you get more blowing over the Yellow Sea, uh, settling here. Mm -hmm. So does that mean we can expect this phenomenon uh, to increase it with our own effect as a result of global change? Right. So I actually asked the study's lead author, Wenju Tsai, about this. He's a climate researcher at CSIRO, which is the National Research Agency of Australia. And he says that, yes, that this is bad news for Seoul, too. Uh, these weather patterns are big enough that they affect Beijing and Seoul, usually at the same time. So if there is stagnant air in Beijing, there's also probably going to be stagnant air in Seoul and Korea in general. And so that means that whatever has already blown our way from Beijing is just going to settle over the country and not leave for a while. And, you know, that's what we dread hearing in the winter, that one of these smog events is just going to descend on us and stick around. So those of us here in Seoul and in Korea, certainly we have incentive to hope that China's efforts to fight pollution and the world's efforts to fight global warming, uh, we, we have to hope that they make an impact. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the measures right now, Mark, in front of me. Because... What I've got here in my left hand, just to show you, is a, mm. is a KF94 certified mask, which uh, is one of the better uh, masks. But, you know, you have to spend two and a half, three thousand won per mask. If you do that every day, it starts to become expensive, doesn't it? Especially for a whole family. That's but, right. But right now, the reason I've reached for that, I don't know how effective it is in the long run to use those, Mark, but... Uh, PM 2.5 in Mapogu, where we are, 119. It's well above World Health Organization recommended levels. In Seoul, as an average, 99, although we are expecting a northwest wind to blow uh, later this morning. But still, it's, uh, it's just not a condition that we want to live in regularly. Uh, by comparison, Paris, which is known as a polluted city, its PM 2.5 right now is 8 New York's is six. Ours, again, in Mapogu, 119. This is the tiny particles that get into your bloodstream that affect just about every part of the body. It's, I don't know, Mark, what we can do to urge immediate action, but perhaps we just need to keep talking about it. It is a pressing problem, that's for sure. Um, well, please do keep an eye on the science. We've looked before at NASA studies. We've heard before about efforts to cut down on coal burning. We've spoken this morning about the need to increase cycling. Maybe in combination we'll see progress. That's our program for today. Thank you everybody for your company. Thanks to our production team, Pak Ni, our writers, Che Kyung Mi, Che Young Jin and Daria Kim. I've been Alex Jensen. Stay with us for Careerscape with Kurt Asian next and also keep your ears out for our news headlines throughout the day. We've got our next bulletin in a few moments because in just over half an hour, Puck and Hay is set to be summoned by prosecutors.